Hi folks, Tony Lewis here once again. Thank you for turning on and tuning in to episode two of Nothing to Promote. This week is an absolute belter, something I really enjoyed. A lovely lady we've been familiar with for about 25 years now are approaching that anyway. It's a chat about acceptance, about journey, and about the mass singer. Keep your ears peeled. There's some serious name drops. Celine Dion, Gary Barlow, and Britney Spears, just to name a few. None, however, feature more than my missus. So apologies for that. Anyway, this one, this is a good one. This is nothing to promote. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Miss Claire Richards. How are you? I'm right, how are you? <clears throat> all right. This is fun, right. isn't it? Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shalina's painted the office this week, so it's, like, super white, but it makes my teeth look like I'm a, a luminous brown. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, that's but, really unprofessional. She didn't match the same, shame, same shade of white that your teeth are. I know, yeah. So it's something to look into. So you're all good? All fit? All yeah. well? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You are only guest number two. <gasps> so Why am I not number one? My mate kind of eased me in gently with a big tub of vas on last week. So that was good fun. Hopefully you follow suit. Um, just a bit of a kind of establishment because we don't really know what to call you on this. We would like, you've got so many different names. They're all nice names, us, for you. Um, we've got, obviously, Claire Richards. Yeah. Yes. We've got Claire from Steps. Yeah. Is the official name Claire Hill? My actual name is Claire Hill, yes. yes. Mrs. Hill. And, Mrs. And there's Bella. Yeah. And then there's Auntie Clara to the kids. Yeah. So we would like, so I just thought we'd, we'd stick with, with Claire. Probably a good start, I reckon. Yeah, I'm sure. You no, know, you've been called some dip. I'm sure I've been called way worse than all of those. I mean, Mrs. Hill's bad enough, isn't it? But yeah, so I mean, the old point of this is nothing to promote, so it's just a bit of a free for all. It's just yeah. a bit of a nice, leisurely chat to see how you're getting on, see what you've been up to, and see, you know, where you're going to go to. So, I mean, first and foremost, I think that uh, we've known each other for probably about 10, 11 years or something like that. Uh, oh, God. It must be m- more than that because Daisy's... Hold on. Daisy's 11. And oh, you yeah. got married on her second birthday. Yes, we did. So, yeah, but that, you know... Because I missed your wedding. I was over in Holland. Yeah. Shalina had to come on her own, didn't she? Well, just what she said. <laughs> and I remember we were chatting about it last night. And I remember the first time we kind of spoke was over the phone. And I was in Holland again, actually. And I just thought, wow, she's pretty intimidating. She's like, you know, you were kind of on, not intensive, but you were very protective over. Oh. You know, so people know, Shalina, my wife, is like your kind of best friend. Yeah, she's my best friend. You know, who's this random woman that keeps... Yeah. 
<laughs> a bit like what the kids say to me all the time. But um, so, and I just kind of got this impression that you were, you know, you for this innocent kind of pop star, you had kind of a a real streak to you that's, you know, very family orientated, very defensive. Whether that was something that's become accustomed to you over the years of being a a pop star. I mean, how long have you been a pop star now? Well, this year is 24 years since Steps started. And then I was in a band before Steps for about a year or so. So it's over 25. I've been in a pop group for over 25 years, one way or another. I can't say I was a pop star before I was in Steps because <laughs> we weren't very successful. <laughs> it's like me saying I'm a pop star. Yeah, it doesn't work <laughs> But you are an actual pop star, so, you you know, you can, like, ride on the back of that a little bit. And so, you know, going back to your first impression, I, you know, I was like, wow, she's she's not that kind of sweet little pop star. She's kind of a bit of a badass. I don't really want to fuck about with her. <laughs> no, would, would That's be, interesting. I wouldn't have said that about me that, that long ago. No, that kind I'm of... like, but that was 2008, so, yeah, 13 years so would you mm. say that, that was that's kind of a misconception? I don't. I, I think you're right. I probably am. I am very protective about the people I care about and the people I love. And Shalina's being up there with one of the you know highest next to my family. She's been there with me throughout most of my adult life. So I'm. I will always protect her and look out for her if I can. Better at looking out for other people than I am for myself. Oh, that's a good little sound bite. That's a great sound bite for this. I love that. <laughs> I, th- um, I think I am. I think I would, I would, I'm much easier to stand up for somebody else than for myself. I'm kind of anything that is directed at me, I kind of just keep taking it and taking it until I don't anymore. And then that's it, you're gone kind of thing. And I can take quite a, quite a lot. And that's maybe why you and Shalina get on so well because she's very similar ilk, right? Yeah, it's weird because we are. You probably couldn't get two more opposite people in the way we look, in the way we, the the things that we like, like, you know, your house is all lovely and white and mine's as dark as you can get it. It's, but we are, I don't know, there's something that we are, we're the, we are the same somehow. Yeah. It's nice that you're doing your kind of interview from the sex dungeon. That's quite cool. <laughs> no, this is my office. There's my Brit Award. There's a, a picture of myself and the group and a unicorn, as you do. I remember seeing the uh, Brit Award the first time I came to your house and I was like, wow, that's a Brit Award. That's super cool. <laughs> was that for the biggest tour of the year? Was that, was that? Yeah, we were the biggest live act of, I think we got it in 2000, but it would have been, yeah, yeah, it was for 2000. We did three arena tours in the space of 12 months. We sold over a million concert you do do. as you do but most people probably wouldn't expect that from steps they'd probably think god who goes to see steps but quite a few people have over the years that's that's something that i wanted to kind of speak about is that you know steps for me back in the day and this is when i kind of no feel guilty because it's like oh steps you know sorry about that but um (laughs) but no it's a bit you know, looking back and the longevity of it is kind of a bit of a phenomenon, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you can call yourself a phenomenon or the band that you're in, that it's um, I, I suppose a phenomenon is just something that's a bit unusual, isn't it? And I suppose our success is unexpected and unusual. No one thought that after releasing five, six, seven, eight, we would still be here nearly 25 years later and selling out arenas and recording new material. That, that's, it's all... that's not to say that it's not deserved and very hard work for either, is it? No, I mean, we, especially in the early days, we had to work really hard to, probably harder than everybody else to prove ourselves constantly. It was like, because I suppose because 5678 was our first single and everyone just thought we were cheesy pop and it was all just a bit fun and it was meant to be entertaining and lighthearted. It wasn't meant to be, you know, as much as I wanted to be in All Saints, we weren't All Saints, <laughs> far from it. So, <laughs> and, and we, weren't, we weren't like any of those bands. But, and I think back in the day, I might have felt a bit, not embarrassed, but a bit kind of, oh, I wish, I wish people thought of us the same yeah. as some of, some of those yeah, other groups. But, kind of getting into was... Uh back then when you were kind of you know because that touring schedule that's hardcore right it doesn't matter whether you're steps you whether you're guns and roses you know i mean obviously you could teach mm. party and drink but do you think that people underestimate how hard work that is i think so it looks really glamorous from the outside doesn't it it, it looks like you just kind of that, that one moment or that two hours or that three minutes that you're on stage performing a song or a full show, whatever, everyone just sees that and they don't really see the work and the thought that goes into it and everything else, like getting to that, it's like the pinnacle of everything is being on stage, but getting to that point is really hard work and it's, it's different kind of hard work. I mean, I'm not gonna, not gonna try and make a martyr of myself and make, no. say that I expect people to feel sorry for me because it is hard work but it's you work hard because you want to get to that point and it's and it's worth it because when you're a performer as you know that's what we all strive for is to be able to perform yeah I think in fact the last time we we saw each other you were watching me perform making your way yeah. through Mirage Bar cocktail menu I know I was I had a lovely night thank you with them, like my kids, poor kids were like, yeah, you sat know, at a table. Reese was up there, body popping. That was great. Mm. I think that must. I mean, that seems so long ago now after everything that happened, doesn't it? Yeah, it must be nearly two years this year, was two it? Two years this summer. But maybe there's a bit of a light there that we can all go and party there again soon. And have a I hope so. Time. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think on reflection now? And growing older, not just as a pop star, but as a person, and this going back to like my first impression of you then and now my impression of you now, do you think that now you're a lot more accepting of not just yourself, but within the music industry, but, you know, as, as a mom and as a wife and as a, a pop star and as a, you know, a human being, do you think that that's kind of a bit of acceptance? Yeah, I think when you, as you get older, and obviously when you have kids, your priorities change and you realise the the things that meant a lot to you when you were 22 aren't really that important anymore. You have to, 
prioritize you know I love steps I love performing I love doing that but it is my job my priority is my family and my friends and and ultimately I do my job to provide the, a, a life for myself and my family I don't whereas when I was 20 being in steps was my life that was it yeah. there was nothing else it was just going to work most days having the odd day off here and there and, and and when we weren't at work we were thinking about work whereas now when I walk through the front door as much as possible I'm Mrs Hill I am Auntie Clara I'm you know I'm that person and that's more important than the job ultimately but you think you're, you're a lot better at being that person now than the than 20 years ago oh god yeah definitely I mean, I'm 44 this year. If I haven't kind of learnt to accept myself and other people and just and, and life for what it is, then I'm never going to. And, I, and it makes everything easier. It's like a massive weight lifted because, and it really is just that realisation that of your priorities and what, what actually really matters to you. Do I really care what the trolls on Twitter say about me? No, I don't. Do I care what my husband thinks or what my kids think. Yeah, I do. So it's putting that into perspective. It's definitely perspective, I think. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to kind of hear that line that when you were 20, your life was for steps. And now, you know, now at 44, steps is for your life. You know, it's just spun it on its head. But I think that's just a natural progression. I think that's, um, I think that's a sign of success though, isn't it? Like, personal growth and personal success you know you've been successful as a group as a pop star mm. as a performer as an individual so I think but it, it counts for nothing if you've not got that personal success you know within yourself I suppose no and you've got I think if you're doing it for another reason for just yourself or just for doing it it, it does definitely help I think as you go through life you you do sort the wheat from the chaff if, if for a better want of putting it, but it's um, the people that are in my life now and the things that I do are because I want to, not because I have to, to a certain degree. We like so, that. Yeah. That's nice to hear. So moving on from that, you know, you have obviously, um, do, you, do you love singing? Is it kind of a passion? Because I imagine... You know, let's not bullshit about it. You've got some serious pipes on you, haven't you? I've been told. Do you know what? It's really weird. I know, I know I can sing. I know, but I'm always. I, it's weird to say, but I have got a, a lack of self confidence or a lack of um, belief. I suppose I know. I know I can sing because I've proved it. But do you love singing? But, yeah, I do. I absolutely love it. I can, there's nothing that I've... I hate singing. Do you? <laughs> I love performing. I love being out and, like, interacting with people. But I hate, you know, you wouldn't catch me in the car just singing. Like, if you were, really? if you were like, driving in the car or, you know, the cliché is singing the shower, would you kind of, would you kind of be belting something out? Yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, so no. singing sometimes when I'm on the school run when I'm walking home I put my headphones in and I listen to Carrie Underwood and I'm like 
performing singing down the road and people must think I'm a lunatic. Is that your kind of go-to at the moment? Yeah, I love Carrie Underwood. I, I kind of, I just imagine that I'm her, which is probably a bit weird, but... Yeah, because she's amazing. You know, through the lockdown periods, you've kind of sang with um, a little bit of a fangirl moment, isn't there? With uh, Mr Barlow, the captain. Twice. Yeah, twice. All right. I've got the facts in front of me. <laughs> was that something that was just like, wow? Was it kind of, this is Gary Barlow? Because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell people about the start of the crooner sessions and what you did, unless you want to do that. What did I do? Because at the start of it, when he started singing with people, and that yeah. was the first lockdown when we weren't even leaving the house, isn't it? Mm. And and I think that you'd had like a couple of wines, hadn't you? And did you did you kind of DM him? Oh yeah, I said I was going to message him, didn't I? <laughs> no, I didn't. Thank God. Oh, what did I? I think you did. You know. I think I did. Oh God. I, I, I think remember. you read it and you deleted it or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. I, the, <laughs> he didn't see it. That's for sure. How embarrassing. <laughs> That's as much as I'm going to dig you out. about that? I forgot about that. See, this is why I shouldn't drink wine. Because I think that, I think it was my fortieth that we kind of, we had a FaceTime or a Skype, whatever, and you was like, oh, it's going to happen. But, because we were saying, no, we said, you know, the Kruner session, we think that you just sound fantastic. Fantastic. You know, yeah. with it sound so good over the top of it kind of thing, over the top of his vocals, should we say, not over the top of him. Hey, gals. Um, <laughs> and and then you were going, well, you know what? And then we were like, we just can't wait for it. And I mean, he's, you know, when what I do, there's always been a bit of that Gary Barlow kind of thing. But listen, let's mm. beat around the bush. He's pretty, he's pretty tremendous, right? Yeah. And do you know what? I've never... I, I've never experienced someone, there's very few people anyway, he absolutely lives and breathes music mm. every single day. That I, I think, And through lockdown, I think we've all had a bit more time on social media and watching the telly and stuff. And he, everything he does is about creating the next musical moment for him, which I, I was a bit like, God, how do you do it? I, have a rest, just stop for a moment he said it just he absolutely loves it and he doesn't want to stop and I think that is have you heard his desert island discs no I haven't actually he talks about you know just working in the working men's clubs as a kid and saving his money to buy and he's just got he's quite like anal about keyboards and equipment mm. recording and what's how something will add a different demographic to a tune. And I was like, wow, that's a really kind of way out there kind of thing about somebody who has this persona about being quite standard. And, you know, I don't want to say boring because he's definitely mm. not boring, but, you know, very kind of monotone. And, but he's got within him all these creative juices. Yeah. And when you kind of eat back on that about, like when he take that split up and Robbie went on to so many things that the effects it had on him because he was still had all this musical passion within him. You know, I mean, you know, from leaving a band, you know, just what, you know, still having that kind of buzz about it. I was saying how you do love singing. You know, you've been lucky now that 
you kind of started in steps. You obviously had a well-publicized departure from steps, mm. you know. But listen, that's experience. You know, we're talking about personal growth. That's all part of the journey, is it not? Definitely. And I did, I fell out of love with singing for a long time. I didn't sing for years. It was after Step Split and then H&I did an album. Um, after that finished, I didn't sing for, God, what was I? It was a good six or seven years. I didn't sing at all. And then I did Pop Star to Opera Star. That's really what got me back into singing. And well, that's what got you the gig at our wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's so good. But you, I mean, you have said that you'd not never been that nervous before for something. I mean, you probably have, but I do. I do. I suffer with my nerves a lot, which is really annoying. Uh, but I've been worse. Was when I did Hyde Park a couple of years ago with Celine, for Celine Dion. That was. Hang, hang on, you just dropped that. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Can you can you get me? I love that. I, I've never been so terrified in my whole life and I was vile to everybody all day long everyone says you're asking just don't touch me don't speak I can't do it I was like hyperventilating every Reese kept trying to see if I was all right and my mum's like I'm so proud of you I was like mum you just need to leave me alone I can't I don't think I can do it I honestly didn't if someone had said to me do you know what it's all right you don't have to it's cancelled I would have been in the first car and out there as soon as I could and somebody the band, we're all standing by the side of the stage and I looked out and I thought, oh, actually, there's not really that many people there, so it might be all right. <laughs> and, oh, my God. 70,000, 70, something like that? So I think it was 65,000 people. But the band went on the stage that I'm playing and I thought, oh, my God, I've got to do it. I can't, I can't not go on because if I miss my cue, then we're stuffed. And someone said to me, just come out all like with loads of energy. And normally I walk out all cool in time to the music. So I came out yeah. and go, whoa, yeah, Hyde Park, <laughs> yay. And then just saw thousands and thousands and thousands of people and just kind of thought, oh, Jesus, I've got to do it now. And it's like coming, it was, is it like coming out of the show and then realizing there's a guy doing some maintenance in the house there going, oh, shit, can <laughs> that really? <laughs> it was a bit kind of, I, just, I thought, oh, well, I've started, I've done it now. I've kind of come out all with confidence and, I mean, it was a bit bumpy, but when I came off, I thought, my God, that was the best thing I've ever done. And I don't know why I kind of spoiled the whole build up for it for myself because I was so nervous and couldn't really enjoy that kind of that build up. And then I just drank some Prosecco really, really quickly. <laughs> Put the edge off. Maybe that's what yeah. you, before you went on. I mean, but that would you say that that's kind of the pinnacle? I mean, unless you're kind of headlined, I don't want to kind of knock you, unless you're headlining Hyde Park and Celine Dion's opening for you, that'd probably... Yeah, I mean, that's never going to happen, is it? But it was pretty... Um, but, I mean, that's just special immense. Time. I mean, you must realise, as humble and modest as you are, that that's something that people will only ever dream of doing. Oh, my God, I will never... Because she chose all the support acts, so she heard me sing. And for me, that's, like, I can't even put two words to that. She's somebody that I, through, through growing up, she's someone that I've tried to sing like. You know, I've, I've tried to 
we, I can't, I don't want to say we've got similar voices. We've got similar range so I can hit some of the notes. So I, I used to listen to her records when I was younger and just try and emulate that. Her and Karen Carpenter and a bit of Whitney. So to, no to pressure. Know, no, but to know that she's listened to my album or yeah. one or two tracks from my album and said, yeah, she can support me on, on this show is pretty, um, I can't, I still can't quite believe it. But did, would you not kind of use that mindset before the show? No, because, because even if people say things, I don't believe them. I think they're lying. So I just, in my head, and I don't know why I do it. I do do it a lot. I just, if I don't really like getting compliments because, and it, because in my head, I just think, oh, they're just saying that because they have to be nice to me or because I'm, they just say it because they think that it will calm me down. But so my, my brain does weird things most of the time. I think, I think there's a massive insecurity for any performer, regardless of what level you are. And I think probably the better you are, the more insecure you are. The people I've met, regardless of the level, it's usually the shit ones don't really give a shit, but the really mm. good ones care. I mean, it shows that you care, right? It's just, that's how it is. Was there a part of you as well, because that was solo, you kind of, oh, where's, where's the rest of the band? You know, where's... Definitely, yeah. I did have that, the start of this, because doing the solo album was something I wanted to do for years and years, since I was a teenager. And the reason I kind of got into a band was because of people like Robbie and Louise from Eternal and when Jerry left, it was in my head, right, if I'm in a band first, that'll kind of give me a little bit of a step up the ladder to do, be able to do a solo career rather than go straight into it because the odds are far less. So luckily I did get into the band, but it was just something, once I was in it, it was just something that never happened. So for 20 odd years, I wanted to do this solo album. But the minute I was stood on any kind of stage on my own, I was a bit like, oh, okay. That's, it's all down to me now. I've got to do all the links. I've got to do, and I, I've never done that before. It, in a two hour show, I might speak to the audience twice because we split everything up normally. And, and if you've not got Marnie May to come out to save the show. Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? What am I meant to do? What am I, you know, just for people who don't know, because people won't randomly know, you kind of took my little girl out the day before her fifth birthday, I think. Mm. Took her out in front of the Lytham Festival, which was such an amazing thing to do. You know, thanks for choosing her, not me. Um, <laughs> and put, I could just see her eyes light up. Mm. No, and just, the fact that you used your kind of opportunity to give a little girl that, I thought that was amazing. You know what I mean? So we, we I think we thank you a, a million times. I mean, I wanted to get on with the Venga boys. <laughs> I know. They're so good, aren't they? But like, at the end of like the Hyde Park performance and you've got through it on your own, mm. Were you that kind of, then you take the applause on your own? Was it like, yeah, motherfuckers, that's what I'm talking about? <laughs> I just did that. I did 45 minutes set in Hyde Park all by myself. Yeah. It's, um, I th yeah, I think so. And I was excited and I was pleased at how it went. It wasn't, um, 
there definitely wasn't any disappointment at all. I kind of came off and I was like, oh my God, all right. So you did all right, didn't you? Not bad at all. It's a good one, that Claire Hill. Um, so you froze. You froze. Okay, you're still frozen, but I can hear you. You're moving again now. Can you hear yeah, me? You're moving, but slowly. It's like the comeback tour. Okay. Okay. <laughs> into it. So, okay. are we kind of um, talking about taking that applause on your own, performing on your own? Mm. Is uh, and this is from personal experience when you perform with other people, compared to performing as a solo act. Is there a bit of ego there where you kind of want the biggest cheer? I suppose with your ears, you probably can't hear it anyway, can you? But is there kind of... No, it... I want that cheer. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice when you get a cheer, isn't it? If it's bigger than someone else's, then it's nice. But when we came to... Do you know what? I, what? I was just going to say, it's, it's always a relief for me when an audience does respond in a way that you want them to. I think that's why when you're in being part of the band because we have established that over the last 24 years there's no I think I always worry that people when I did my solo tour it was before the album was released so people didn't really know the music they literally came because they'd heard one or two singles and because they were Steps fans or Claire from Steps fans like we've all got our own little window of fans yes. so I going out onto that stage and performing songs that people don't know it's tough and and I always, if we're, we're if it's a gig that we are part of a, a a big bill where it's not our headline show, then I always feel a bit like oh god, do people want us to be here and are they going to be interested? They're the kind of I like it when we're playing to our own audience and our established audience because they're hundred percent there to see us. And when you get that response from them, it just boosts you. But it's that safety and that. Security, again, that we just alluded to. Mm. Being back on stage, nobody really knows what's going to happen. You were scheduled to tour last year, and obviously that's been put back to November this year. Yeah. Still nobody knows what's going to happen. There seems to be, you know, a light at some kind of distance, but obviously people's safety is paramount, isn't it? But mm. is that something now that you're kind of itching to get in, back into? Yeah, it's always difficult when, I say always difficult, it's never happened before, but when you know that you're going to be touring, we'd, we've been gearing up for that tour for probably since the last album. We kind of knew when it was going to happen. So for it to be moved a whole year, it's it's kind of delayed the promo of everything. So it's it, it does feel weird. We should have been nearly out of this album cycle by now. But we haven't even done the tour yet so and on to the is, second solo album well hopefully fingers crossed that's something in the pipeline is that something you just love to do again yeah not yeah not no goss really we ha i've talked about it but it just it's our 25th steps 25th anniversary next year as well so hopefully we'll do something for that so it just and steps has to kind of be in order of things got to do the step stuff and then then i'll get the time to be able to, yeah. gives me a chance to do other stuff once 
once those things are done. And it's so kind of an understanding between you all, you know, regardless of what any individual's doing. Mm. Steps is always kind of going to be at the front of everything and then anything that comes off that, any sidelines for each and every one of you, you know, is, is that kind of a, a mutual understanding between you? Yeah, I think we know when we are in a steps cycle that those years there's always intermittent things so no one can really take on a long-term job you know there's no long west end runs and there's no like tours and other tours and things so it's we we know that once we're in this which we are at the moment it's got to be all about steps for most of the time and are you say about kind of a long run and we spoke about those amazing pipes as we put it um could you sing each and every night, night after night, gig after gig, or is it something that you need to rest up, or is it kind of such a natural talent and muscle that you've got that you could kind of go on forever? No, definitely as I've got older, I've realised that, you know, when you're 20, it's, it is just there most of the time. But um, yeah, I have to, I do have my days on tour where I don't talk at all, especially leading up to a show, and I have to do all the steaming and, warm-ups and I have like like weird physio on my neck and my throat that kind of moves all my vocal cords down if I I think a lot of it may be psychological just so I I know that I've done everything I can do to make sure it's there but there are things that I do have to do to make sure that it doesn't get too tired and we never do more than three shows in a back-to-back yeah but that makes sense I mean because you you take a lot of vocal on there as well don't you most of the stuff I do is kind of it's belting so that does take its toll I, although weirdly that's a lot of the stuff that I find easier to do they're, it, the, they're notes I can hit yeah, and because it, it strains the muscle memory on the notes doesn't it yeah like you say if it was a new song that you weren't as confident with something you weren't as familiar with you know I mean you've sang, sang these songs I don't, I don't remember the words half the time. Is that? Never mind the notes, it's just the lyrics. Is the kind of a song that you always kind of want to sing another lyric to? Or you go, oh shit, I got that wrong. Is there something that trips you up? Because, you know, as a performer, I kind of know that there can be bits that you kind of go, that's not the word you knobhead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've done that. The one song that I've messed up probably the most is One for Sorrow which I've sung a million times. I've sang the same verse twice, quite a few times. Yeah. And I've, I started, on one show, I started singing the lyrics to After the Love Has Gone, to One for Sorrow, which is a completely different song. And I've forgotten them completely as well. So, and I'm standing there panicking. I think, what, what do I do? What do I do? Just start laughing. I'm looking at Faye like, <laughs> looking at her saying, help me. I don't know what the words are. And she's looking like I've lost my mind. And the audience thinks some hilarious joke's going on, but I completely forgot the words. You don't know the words. No, I've done it on Neon Blue. I just totally forgot to sing. I didn't even forget the words, just forgot it was my go. I've done that a few times as well. Oh, well, I think everybody does that. That's just like proving that it's live, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I do it. Just proving that it's live. <laughs> It's nothing to do with my old brain, forgetting everything. Because, I mean, steps fanatics will know 
but you kind of supported Britney over in America, didn't you? Mm, as a band, yeah, not, not solo last week, <laughs> you know, as a band. Yeah, in 1990, I think it was about two months we did Canada and America with her. But it was her first, I think she'd only released Hit Me Baby one more time, but she was doing these huge arenas, even stadiums in America. And then we rocked up with our cloth backdrop and our bright yellow outfits. I think I had a cowboy hat <laughs> singing five, six, seven, eight. And most every night, the few, first few rows would just be like, who are these guys? What the hell? What the hell? And there was a stage manager on the show that absolutely hated us. She hated us. We had our time slot, which I think maybe was 20 minutes. But once we get on, you know, eight is like, it's just chat, 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 chat. And we ran over every single night. And in the end, she was in the pit every night like this, looking at her watch, making sure that we got off on time. Because she was like, next time you do it, I'm pulling the plug. <laughs> she was brutal yeah it's not the woman off have you seen the documentary the britney documentary yeah yeah yeah. no that felicia she's lovely felicia was always about she was she was like with just with britney but this stage manager i think her name was hillary if i remember i don't know why i remember that but she was yeah she hated us do you know watching the britney doc does that kind of give you a flashback to like good times on there but do you think oh man it's just out of kind of media and everything's portrayed and chased and just it's it's horrible isn't it to watch mm. we we were just like that is horrible yeah it's really sad because she had everything in the just there didn't she and and it just shows you what the press was like then i mean i think we've got social media to contend with as well now but the press in that kind of that period of late 90s early noughties it, they were brutal, and the paparazzi were relentless with people that they wanted to get stories from, especially in America. So yeah. it's... To, to late 90s, I think, you know, obviously that coincides with what's been kind of come out with the royals recently, and I think that Princess Diana kind of thing. Mm. The end of the 90s is when news turned into gossip. You know, it just... And it is kind of a travesty that this... People make such a living out of it. I mean, you, you probably have quite a lot of insight into stuff like that, but if you're on your holiday with the mm. kids, Reese, you know, just enjoying yourselves, you know, and they've got footage of you away from the bar, you know, it's just... <laughs> well, that's rare. <laughs> um, but if, if somebody random came and started taking pictures of you in your bikini... You'd be like, hang on a minute, mate. You know, I know Reese first hand would be, well, we don't yeah. do that. So what no, kind it, of this legality to it, to them not only do it, but then make money off the back of it. It's just like, what the fuck? I know, it is weird. And everyone's got a phone these days as well. It's not, I think, I think if you are in that position, sometimes most people just prefer you to ask. Because it's not, you would, like you said, you wouldn't just go up to a stranger in the street and start taking photos and expect them to be all right with it, even if it was on your phone. Yeah. You, you know, so just because you are, I understand that we put ourselves out there and we, we promote ourselves and, and, and it can't all be on our terms all the time. I know that, but there has to be a line somewhere. 
at some point just to allow people to live their lives or, or just have a little bit of respect for That's somebody it. that might be going through something that they don't know about. No, it's like, you know, you said, you know, you kind of, you left the band and kind of went solo. And now you see, you know, people like Brian at Westlife and recently Jesse from Little Mix. Obviously, Robbie's the big one from Take That. Mm. You know, kind of going out on then, it kind of as if it gives them even more kind of appetite for it, doesn't it? To kind of chase that kind of solo person. I'll tell you what, the, the amazing one is like Jason from Take That just stepped mm-hmm. away and it's as if they've kind of gone, we'll leave you be, or is is a non-story. Because it's fascinating, isn't it? That in from like the biggest band from, I'm sorry, the second biggest band out of from the UK. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, but to kind of walk away with that like amnesty, you know, just kind of, it's, it's kind of crazy in this climate, isn't it? It doesn't happen very often. And also for somebody to make that choice for themselves, I guess, because you're either, when a band is at their height, I suppose you're either the one that's left or the one that's left behind. And each pers- each party goes through different different feelings. I, I don't know what it is about him. It just it just has managed to be anonymous. I don't. But then I don't. Say, he never really courted any kind of. He was never really tabloid fodder anyway, was he? I suppose I don't know. But you don't need it's to. Good be, on him. Yeah, you know, it's just that people want that picture, don't they? They want that scandal. I just think it's horrible. They just because I think everybody's suspicious. Nobody really believes what is said publicly. I think you know everyone's trying to disprove what somebody has said. You know I've left because of blah. It's it's sad, but it is what it is, I suppose. But hey, but listen, let's get a bit more lighthearted. While you froze, have I froze for you as well? Internet connection is unstable. Much like myself. <laughs> Maybe it's just mm. the podcast doesn't like deep and meaningful. People need to stop reading the tabloids. Um, yeah. Nah, it's fair enough, that. Listen, let's line it up because since the turn of the year, everybody's been locked down. You've been tweeting <clears> a lot <throat> about the mass singer. Now, this is something yeah. that... I mean, my mate's kind of hammered me quite a lot on it. And... Uh, mm. We just found that it was Saturday night, no frills, fun. Nobody gets upset. I nobody, love it. You know, there's no backstory. There's nobody leaving the house. There's nobody kind of, you know, you've been part and parcel of reality TV, so you're well aware of the dramas. There's just no kind of, mm. just no kind of, there's a lot of nonsense, but there's no upset with it. And I think it's just, I would just been talking about it. It's just a real refreshing kind of program. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I love, and for me, most of the time, I was guessing people just by hearing, listening to what they sound like, because people are like, oh, it can't be that person because this clue isn't, forget the clue. That is Joss Stone or yeah. that is Glenn Hoddle. No, I'm telling you. Saying it was Joss Stone all along and I, everybody thought it was Sheridan, didn't they? They thought it was Sheridan Smith, nailed on. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Oh, so I know kind of it's an entertainment programme. But sometimes you think what the panel, either A, what they've been drinking, B, 
what the budget is for the program. <laughs> and C is just like, what are you listening to? I mean, the Brad- I could not believe that they didn't get Lenny Henry Gabrielle. was so obvious to me. And Gabrielle, yeah. How can you not hear that that is Lenny Henry? I mean, it's literally may as well have just said, I'm Lenny Henry at the beginning of every song because to, it sounded, ex- and, and Gabrielle as well for weeks. I mean, what? I, and they, he was the one they didn't get. I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah didn't get that at all. So it, obviously, if you got asked to do the mass Singer, would you do it? Well, I can't say because then everybody would, Everyone guesses me of somebody that's not me every year anyway. And yeah. I always get a little bit offended because I think, oh, God, do they really think I sound like that? But do you think you could disguise your tone uh, <laughs> and your kind of vocal to kind of, you know, do the kind of vocal gymnastics to kind of trick them into doing it? I don't know, you know, because to me, I don't think my voice is that distinctive that people would recognise it. So, but then I've had friends say, oh, you'd never be asked to do it because your voice is too recognisable. But I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't hear that. But then I probably, I think I would give it a good go to try and disguise it as something else. Anything kind of, it's my dream come true to stand yeah. in a costume and no one can see my face. <laughs> yeah, all the, it's the best. Done. It's your vocal only you know, if you what, I'm obviously we're speculating. But if you were in it, what would you be? What character would you be? I don't know. I have thought about that a lot. I mean, <laughs> I think I probably would have. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I really have. <laughs> um, I would have liked to have been the unicorn, but they've done that. Yeah. The so, scene was, was Mel. I don't know. I actually I mean, don't know. It is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I have got ideas, but I'm not telling you, just in case it ever happens. Just in case, you know, because you're filming next week. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the production on it is, like, pretty spectacular, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, I, I mean, I know that it started in... It, in fact, I don't think it did start in America. It started it's like South in Korea. Southeast Asia or somewhere, didn't it? It's, of course it did. It's um, Butterflies. Yeah are incredible and they must cost an absolute fortune but I wonder if they reuse them elsewhere like this is your and they just adapt them for other people yeah and there's just loads of kind of Febreze in that Lenny <laughs> <laughs> Henry's sweaty pits yeah yeah imagine, imagine which American's going to get you know have to get on Lenny Henry's sweaty crotch oh my uh, god yeah, that that might make me. <laughs> oh, Melby. So, you know, to winding things up, um, you are obviously at home. You are, yeah. Mama, is it? Are you just mum now? Are you mummy? Are you mama? Like, what, what? What are you? Charlie always calls me mother because I don't know why. <laughs> mother. Yeah, mother of this and that. He's nearly fourteen. He calls me mama. Most yeah. of the time. What does reason? Really, sometimes she calls me mummy, but I don't like it when they call me mum. It feels a bit... Right. Mum! Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. And obviously, you know, people don't know that you've been kind of a stepmom as well for a, a long yeah. 
Uh, Olivia's 21? Uh, she's, no, she's 22 now. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, she's 22. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, Can you believe it? And she, you know. Playing on the words, isn't it, being a stepmom? I bet you've never heard that before, right? I bet, I bet you've never, ever heard that. I don't think I, don't think I have. You're the only one. <laughs> um, so, and are the kids, uh, are they... Because um, Reese was obviously, like, in entertainment for a bit <laughs> on the kind of admin side at the record company, and then he, he kind of went into being a tradesman. You know, he's a very good electrician. Mm. Um, the kids, do they show yep. any signs of wanting, like, a normal job like the dad, or do they want to be a singer like uh, Lisa Scott Lee? <laughs> um, well, Charlie is doing music and drama for his GCSE, which um, I don't really know why. I think he wants an easy ride of it. Um, and but he did go to work with Reese a couple of times during lockdown, and he has decided that he might like to train to be an electrician. Daisy likes a little sing song, but she says she wants to be a chef as well. Well, that's good. So that's not. About I mean, you know what? Whatever they want to do, I will support them. Sometimes it's just not very nice business to be in, is it? No. So I just want them to be happy. But I don't. I think you've done pretty well out of it, right? I mean, no, don't mean financially. I think you know, just the journey's been a good one. My back. I put it back on the Wi-Fi. I tried to do it on my four G, but obviously that didn't work. That's it. When I was chatting to my mate up north the other day on the first one, no problems whatsoever. But that's 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 the mm. for you, isn't it? So um, we our Wi-Fi is terrible. That's it. Because you live in the middle of nowhere in that big, massive house. Um, so <laughs> last couple of things. So the, <clears throat> uh, the pod is obviously nothing to promote. Do you have mm. anything to promote? can be absolutely anything. Of course. I've always got something to promote. We've got tickets to sell. We're going on tour. Um, yeah. That's well. We've got. We've released an album in November, um, and we've got a new single out at the moment that we've done with Michelle Visage, which is, is the first this, time. I know that you've been doing bits. Can you tell us what you've been doing, or is it still pretty under wraps? Or yeah, it is. We did a video on Monday. Um, the other thing we did last week—that's. Is it? Yeah. When you sat in that car, when you sat in that car and drinking prosecco. I. Didn't do that. I'd never do that. Who told you that? <laughs> I thought you just come um, off with Celine Dion. Well, that's a big secret. <laughs> She's not meant to be in the country, is she? <laughs> the tour you hope is going to happen. But, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I hope by November, as far as everybody's concerned that's involved... It's happening, so just fingers crossed. I'll right. be there. <laughs> I'll be there. You know what? Yeah, just just does. So you've got the tour, you've got you know the album coming out, which is going to happen eventually, like you say. But I know mm. that you're wanting to know how many answers you got right, aren't you? Oh my god, I'm not joking. I did not sleep last night trying to think. Of all this, I've, I swear to God, I was getting so annoyed. 
left. And I've spent hours this morning working it out. So I bet I've got quite a few. Because if I haven't, I'm going to be really annoyed. Because you cannot set me a challenge like that and expect me not to take it really seriously. Yeah, Shalina said she's competitive, that one, you know. I was like, just a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam Catrell last week got Mm -hmm. 12 out of 16. Right. How do you think you've got on? Well, I think I've got all of them, but it's bound to be. Research them. Did you kind of, were you kind of, did you think what, you kind of, uh, that's that, and I've checked. Or were you like, that's definitely that, that's definitely that, that's definitely that. No, I read, some I recognized straight away, and some I researched, and some I thought was something, but I, I, I was comparing them. There was, it was a serious, I like serious job. Commi- I committed to this 100%. Amazing. And I'm glad that the Wi Fi's come on just to get this bit in. Um, yeah, so Adam got 12, you got 16 out of 16. <laughs> I mean, glad. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Oh, that's made it all worthwhile. That's... That made the sleepless night worthwhile. <laughs> oh, I can't say what they are. Can I, I can't say what they are, can I? I can't say what they are, but I will tell you that, do you know the O in two? Yeah. Happened to promote that. Shalina thought it was from the trio bars. <laughs> <laughs> That one, that one was hard. That one took a little bit of get, getting, actually. Well, I think the O was very easy, but the T, not Yeah. And the, um, the E in promote as well, I thought it was something else to start off with, but then I double-checked it. And I was like, no, it's not that. It's slightly different. Subtle, subtle little difference. You just suddenly just boosted up, knowing that you've got full marks on that. I'm so excited. I can't even... Did Reese help you with it? Did the kids help you with it? He got a couple. He did get a couple, actually. The kids, they got the ones that I'd got. Daisy did quite well, actually, even though I'd already said them. I said, do you know any of these? And she looked and she she reeled off a few. But um, they were the ones that I'd got already. But I'm very pleased with that. When I hope no one else gets that many. I, well, I put a steward's inquiry straight in. So I said to Shalina, I said, have you told Claire what these answers are? What is she, she said, no, she will not rest until she gets every single one. She's complaining. I can't even remember myself. <laughs> so listen, that's that. Thank you for coming on and promoting literally nothing. And everything. Well, no, it's been really, really good to chat to you. I know that people are going to love it because, you know, like I say, you're not, you're not as cold anymore. Anymore? I never was. No. You were new. I was new. New people. Wait till the next one comes in next year. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being part of it. Um, We hopefully will see you soon. Yeah, definitely. You know, we'll have a couple of glasses of bubbles, a glass of wine, some nice food. We've got a chat about you getting 16 out of 16 on nothing to promote. Claire Richards, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. See you later. Bye. And just like that, episode two is done and dusted. I'm sure you'll agree Claire was on great form and gave us a great insight into nearly quarter of a century of being a pop star. Let's hope we get to see her soon on stage. 
But before that, I hope to see you again next week. And I hope that nothing to promote doesn't keep you up at night like it kept up Claire Richards. Have a look at the logo. Have a look yourself and send in some answers. We'll see you soon. In the meantime, have a good one. Take it easy. Bye.